Yo. Yo, yo. What's up, brother? How you doing? Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there, man. We we got a special guest today. We got the, we're actually real excited to be able to have him on because we, we tend to watch a lot of his videos too. So we got Derek here from Pigskin Addicts on today. So pleasure to have you on. Pleasure to be here, guys. Very, very excited. Uh, this is like really my first collaboration within the Charger community. So very, very Sick. excited. And uh, hopefully this is uh, the first of many. So yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Well, we're excited that it is the first time. That's kind of crazy to be able to hear that it's only been the first time that you've collabed with the community. So, man, that's, hey, we're, we appreciate us being your first here. You know, we're excited about that. Definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. I couldn't couldn't pick a better podcast uh, for, for my first collaboration. So, yeah, let's get it. Killer, awesome. man. Killer. Yeah, we're excited, we're excited for, to have you here, too. So, yeah, for sure. Thank you. You want to plug your uh, channel and everything, too, so everybody kind of knows where to get you and catch you and everything like that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously here on YouTube at uh, pigskin underscore addicts, um, I'm, you know, pretty much cover mostly Charger things. Uh, I will be venturing off a little more into some other topics uh, as the, the, you know, the offseason uh, progresses. But uh, I'm pretty much a, a Charger um, content creator, uh, you know, pretty much from A to Z. I cover different topics. Um, I'm starting to get a little more active on uh, Twitter as well, too. So mm -hmm. my Twitter is uh, 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 pigskin underscore addicts as well, too. So you guys can follow me there. Um, I'll be covering a lot of topics throughout the offseason. So uh, stay tuned for a, a lot of content for me. Awesome. Awesome. Love hearing that, man. You know, it's just funny because the off season is, you know, the off season. I mean, what do we have to talk about? You know, sometimes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, yeah. You got to manufacture some stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's just yeah. try to think think of some wild idea ideas out there to talk about. Maybe some shock factor type stuff. Yep. And uh, you know, it's kind of tough. It's it's like, you know, you gotta you gotta find other ways to be able to talk sports and such. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're just waiting for football to start up again. That's 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 the exciting mm -hmm. part, right? Pretty, oh, pretty yeah. Much, yeah, oh yeah, pretty much. Spring and, training. Yeah. All yeah. That. yeah. And the, the the way the Chargers are are constructed and stuff, like we're gonna have a lot to talk about, right? There's gonna be some 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 uh some cuts here. Uh, there's gonna be half, you know, something that's gonna have to happen here pretty soon. So we're gonna have to set, we're gonna have some stuff to talk about, you know, throughout the offseason. So. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, later on in our our show, when we start talking a little bit about the combine, that's something I want to kind of bring up, and I'm sure you've been to uh, privy to it too, and what the word is on the street. Oh yeah, and oh, yeah. Uh, everything with the cap situation, obviously, and everything too. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting, man. Very, it's going to be interesting. Very. Well, let's uh, let's chat into it. Let's let's jump into. It. Actually, if you guys want to start talking a little bit about this report card. The Chargers had this week, man. Yeah, I mean, hey, something else, right? That's pretty bad, man. You know, you know the old saying goes, "C's get degrees." But I tell you what, boy, we got we did not do well on that one, right? I think we were the lowest, we were one nope. of the lowest rated, uh, you know, uh, teams. It's kind of yep. sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah really, it's it's really it's pretty interesting to see. I'll pull this up right now, and actually, I want to bring up this uh, article. The Rivers Lake Yacht Club, which I think Kyle's wearing his T-shirt right now, I believe. Oh, yeah. Rivers Lake. Rivers Lake. That's right. Hold this <laughs> up. Talk about what they were saying. So, once again, guys, we'll throw the link out there, too, on this, too. Um, so, you guys can kind of check it out and everything. I'll throw it up in the chat and everything. So Yeah, it'd be good. Um, but, so, basically, the article here on Rivers Lake is F Report Cards. Yeah. So, um, 
I'll give kind of a little bit of a breakdown of what I heard from this article. What he was really talking about is bottom line. These surveys don't mean everything. It doesn't mean the total picture of what's going on within the Chargers organization. And once again, this is under 1,300 players that basically went and did this survey. So it's a good portion of the 2,000 plus players within the or in within the NFL that put their information about these questions. Now, once again, if you guys have had any sort of surveys at work, sometimes it's just yes, no answers. Um, yeah, right. Sometimes it's yeah. one through 10. Yeah. And he was basically kind of putting in the point that, hey, don't really think that this is like the total picture of what's going on with the Chargers organization. You know, I'll beg to differ a little bit more at some point because I think players do have a little bit of the insight on it. And I think based upon us being fans of the team, we know we have coupon Tom as a GM. We know we have owners that are a little cheap all around and like to, you know, go a little bit cheap on this team in some way or another. And he's been doing that for a while up till basically last season of going on a spending spree. Um, I don't really know if I could really fully say, hey, look, this isn't accurate, but I will definitely say that there is definitely some truth to this. So wanted to kind of hear from you. Let's let's talk with you, Derek, kind of what you got from this article, some points that you kind of saw from the Rivers Lake Yacht Club's article and kind of what you heard from this and what they were trying to portray, I should say. So, yeah, uh, basically just reading it, I kind of got the same takeaway uh, as you did. Um, this is not the end all be all. But, I mean, it really does raise an eyebrow, uh, especially yeah. when it comes to the Chargers, right? We've been hearing things about the Chargers, their facilities for a really long time. Um, I was even hearing stuff about their facilities when they were still in San Diego. Uh, so this is not even yeah. really – it's not really a surprise to me. And uh, anybody who's, like, been in the area of the, uh, the complex where they practice at, uh, it looks pretty high schoolish. Um, yeah. The first time yeah. that I drove by there, yeah. I was like, "This, this is where the Chargers practice." I can't believe this. Like, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was something else. So it's not looking at you know the grades for the facilities and stuff. That's really not all that surprising to me. And they are building a new facility. We got to give them credit for yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, just the overall theme of the article, it's if you're a Charger fan, you really can't be that surprised. Um, mm -hmm. If you're looking at other teams, right? Maybe the Chiefs. I think that surprised me a little bit, but. Everything that we see here with the Chargers is not really a surprise. Like, I, I think the, the biggest thing that they have to do, they have to get the trust of the players, right? And I, I think they did some good spending some money last year. I think it's, you know, moving in the right direction where you want to go. But I think they have, like, this cloud over them, right? It, it, it's kind of like the, the L.A. Clippers thing, right? Remember when the Clippers were, were getting – they were starting to get good and then the Donald Sterling thing and then all of that stuff came out and it's like, oh, this is the first time that they've ever spent money. Uh, and you're just kind of like, wow, like, you know, it, it, really? Like, you, you're in L.A. and this is the first time you've ever spent money. So they have to overcome that a little bit. But this is not all that surprising to me. And, again, th this is, you know, a survey, right? You, you can't take – too much away from it you can't put all of your your stock into this but i do believe that a lot of the players uh are i, I don't want to say unhappy but they feel like you know conditions can improve around there and uh if conditions were to improve i, I feel like that would just be a, a morale boost for the team right i think that you know maybe it could result in a, a few more wins i would like to think so but yeah um 
you know, you, you you can't, you know, you can kind of take this with a grain of salt, but it was a very, very interesting uh, thing. And this article was broken down very, very good. Um, basically, you know, telling you not to, you know, put too much stock into this. So I, I love reading this article and I love the breakdown of it, the selection bias, response bias, all of that, the leading questions. I love it. I love it. It's very uh, uh, data driven and it's it's gives you a perspective of how you should feel about this uh, um, report that came out. Yep. You know, it would be interesting to see what happens if they do this report again, which I'm assuming they will, the, the season, the Chargers get the new practice facility. That new practice facility, have you seen the mock-ups? The drive oh, yes. the, oh, looks yes. ridiculous. Looks incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I and I so I think I think a lot of this, you know, these poor numbers are largely because of what they currently have. I mean, let's just take this for a grain of salt, too, guys. We were playing football, what, two seasons ago or three seasons ago in the uh in a soccer stadium, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. you know, we're kind of like the, uh, you know, the, the, the redheaded stepchild, whatever you want to say, right? The second class citizen of the Rams at this point. So, again, I, I think that's that's really what I took from this article as well, too, is that, look, at the end of the day, it, better things are coming. But right now, it, it, there's some room for improvement. So, you know, yeah. at the same side, uh, you're right about all that stuff. Yeah, the facility side is uh, definitely needs to be improved. But. The bigger problem is, is that their food side was terrible and their training side was terrible. So, I mean, those are things that they could have fixed like yesterday and, you know, and, and they, they should have like, honestly, why their food service and nutrition was so terrible. Like I, maybe are they giving them Popeye's chicken or like, (laughs) yeah, 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 you know, freaking uh, what's going on here? It's like, is there a trend? Like, you know, we got terrible food inside a SoFi stadium for for the fans, and now the 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 players are getting the same kind of food. Come on, man! Yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. going on? And that's what I was gonna say to you, because because Kyle, like you you you're a season ticket holder for SoFi, and you know, I mean, I lived in LA for 13 years, and I know what kind of food LA has got. I mean, right. best yo. Food. I mean, we got great food. Whatever category of food you want, you could find it in LA. And it's top notch restaurants. Right. But so far, I got, man, that's <laughs> I, as a fan, I say it's an F. Just go to Thunder Alley and eat some tacos oh, over man. there before oh, yeah. the game, yeah. pre game there. Screw the stadium food. Mm-hmm. Just eat outside the stadium, please. Yeah. And yeah. so. You know, if it's bad for the fans, it's going to be bad for the families that come in there to be yep. able to watch the games. You know, just like the example you brought up. I How many times do you think like, oh, Chargers going on a road trip. Here you go. It's like they're walking over to the bus and everything and they're carrying some Popeyes or raising canes or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, yo, wait a minute. Like, these are multi-million dollar athletes. And like, yeah. I mean, wh- why aren't we getting good nutrition out here why aren't we really making sure their bodies are at their healthy peak i mean i don't know when i eat fried food i fall asleep like <laughs> i get tired that's right i get, get that, tired man. that food and coma man yeah it, it's just it doesn't make sense and you would think as an organization you want them to be at top level too and even to say the training room how it's right here saying it's an f you know like an f tied for last right. in the training room so <laughs> We got injury issues, guys. And, you know, also on top of that, our head trainer got fired. And I heard he got fired because of this survey coming out, too. Like, it was already out a couple weeks before. And then, boom, all of a sudden that firing happened. 
there are some big, big things out there. Once again, Derek, you brought it up perfectly. Hey, I heard the same thing about San Diego having an issue, and it just came to L.A. It's almost like they brought the same philosophy, idea, brought it to L.A., made it happen. I heard a crazy rumor that Qualcomm, which was eroding from the inside, basically, and is a very, very outdated stadium. But I heard the field wasn't even fully grass. Some areas were dirt, and they were spraying green on there to make it look like dirt or, or grass, excuse me. Okay. To make it look like a full grass field. So I heard some crazy rumors about that. Uh, like they but, had some dead patches or something like that, and they were just painting exactly. it green? Oh, they my god! They didn't want to work on it. And so right. wild, wild right. to see. But sorry, I went on a little bit of a rant there. But, you know, <laughs> there's a lot to unravel with this, guys. Well, yeah, I mean, you said that, yeah, yeah like they, they kind of brought in that mentality from uh, San Diego to L.A., yeah. Well, I mean, 100%, number one, we know that the, the training uh, head coach, uh, training staff guy, um, you know, he, he was with the team for 24 years. Exactly. And, you know, he was the head trainer in San Diego before the move and everything, too. So that was obviously transferred over. But then also, we still have the same owners. You know, the, the Spanos family are still over there. And, like, they're still playing like a minor league team in a lot of ways with that minor league yep. mentality. So, like, we need to, you know, get get that major league you know you know mentality going you know yep yep right no right doubt. and that, that it's kind of like what what the uh Bengals went through now uh the, the yeah. Bengals are they're on top of the AFC and it's kind of crazy because you've heard stories about Mike Brown being so cheap uh did no. I think they just got their like their uh inflatable indoor facility was it last year or something like that right and it's they have obviously brutal winners out there in Ohio right like it seems all it takes is a franchise quarterback, right? You get a franchise yep. quarterback, you start spending money, things start to come together, and you start to look like uh, mm -hmm. an actual NFL team. I'm just waiting for that to happen for the Chargers now. It seems like it's 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 maybe it might be coming here pretty soon, but they they have to get with the program because, like I said, it it remind it's LA Clipperish, right? You you have to spend money to make money, and yep. I think yep. one of the things that a lot of uh, a lot of people don't talk about when it comes to the Spanos family is that. They make all of their money off of the Chargers, right? This is a family business for them. Like, yeah, you see a lot of these owners, the uh, David Tepper, um, you know, even the uh, um, uh, I can't remember the uh, um, the other guy, but they, they make money, you know, outside of football, right? So they come in with this aggressive yeah. mindset. They're ready to spend money. Uh, this is like a mom and pop shop, right? You know, they're they're th this is yeah. what they've been doing for, you know, the past, you know, 30 years or whatever. Right. And it's kind of status quo. And you see the big jump in marketing of the NFL, how much money these teams actually make now. So people are looking at them with the microscope and like, why aren't you spending money? Uh, you know, when they're they're comfortable doing what they've been doing for the past, you know, 30 years or whatever. But now it's really being looked at. You see Justin Herbert all over TV, right? You see him on billboards, you know, all throughout the Southland, right? From from L.A. to San Diego, you see his face everywhere. And you're you're wondering, why aren't you spending money now? And I think. A report like this kind of really shows ownership. Okay, we need to work on some of these things, right? We need to work on some of this. And just like you said, some of this stuff is really, really fixable. Training training room, right? You can upgrade that easily, easily. You can do that in a weekend, right? By the time the players come in, you know, the next next time, right? Maybe a couple of weeks from now, the training room can be upgraded. So there's like little small things that they can really, really do. Um, but they have to do them, though. You have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, right? You don't get guys like this all the time. You have to make this happen. And uh, you have to make 
the Chargers the most attractive place that it possibly can be. 100%. Agreed. Agreed. And I mean, even to go to the locker room situation, how it does look like high schoolish, it's like little cubbies, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I see people that are doing like the tours at SoFi and they're like, wow, look at this locker room. And I'm like, well, if you look at the Rams locker room, I mean, that looks like, dude, plush looking. They got like (laughs) extra little like cubby areas. It just looks like a real legit looking like locker room, which I think ironically got kind of a bad grade, which is kind of strange to me to see that. But but either which way, I don't think we have that good of looking of facility being in a multi-billion dollar based, you know, stadium. I mean, right. it's very, yeah, very high dollars. school like. Yeah. And five billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's wild to see that. But I what I'm basically trying to portray here is that they got a lot of work to do. And hopefully that new facility will be able to alleviate a lot of these issues. I mean, yeah, I agree. even to say their current like headquarters in Costa Mesa. Just like what you talk about the practice field, if you haven't been there. Yeah, essentially, I used to live in Costa Mesa for a year. That literally was just some sort of random field. It wasn't like, I don't even think it was used for anything other than maybe like soccer games or something like that. Wow. And it wasn't like super good grass or anything like that. I mean, the Chargers did a little bit of upgrading there and everything too, but it's not like a major, major, you know, actual NFL level type facility by any means. And so... There will be some big upgrades. 2024 is when that new facility in El Segundo yep. will open up. It'll be really awesome to be able to see how that looks for the Chargers. And, you know, also even for free agents, too. I mean, going to where that facility is at in Costa Mesa, I mean, it's literally in a business district right next to an Ikea in, like, the freeway. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, in the best of area. It's just kind of a real, like, random little place, in my opinion, to be able to put an NFL franchise headquarters at. So, this yep. new facility hopefully will be highly upgraded. Hopefully they'll throw a lot more money. And then the next report card, we're going to start looking well. Oddly enough, I think it's crazy that the A-plus was uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Bringing that up because people said, do these facilities make these teams winners? Well, Minnesota, Vi- Minnesota Vikings is A-plus, right? They have yep. won a Super Bowl, right? Yep. Yeah. Right. right. It doesn't matter, but on the same side, it does matter on free agents. It does matter on player treatment. It does matter on how nutrition-wise of a player seems very simple to be able to do something like that and how their families are treated. So right. yeah. I think that all around, if you have a good experience with the whole ecosystem that they've put underneath this uh, survey, it'll get you a better organization as a whole. And I think Brandon Staley is doing that to be able to try to get this organization to more of a pro-based level type organization. And and Derek, I know there was a video that you had on your channel talking about, you know, Brandon Staley's got to go. And that was a couple months ago. And then obviously we got to the playoffs and everything like that. Kind of want to hear your take a little bit about what Brandon Staley has been doing so far with this organization. Um, You know, he, he's, he's been up and down for me. Um, I, I like him. I do. I, I really like him, but, you know, sometimes there is some questionable things, right? When it when it comes to his coaching, um, I I think he has to he has to do some adjusting now, um, coming into year three. And this is something I'm going to get into like later on in, in throughout the offseason. season. Uh, the defense has been an issue, and I think at this point right now it is the scheme, and that's something I'm going to get into a little bit on my channel. Um, this scheme has been used like pretty much by. All of the, the the teams who play that 3-4 who are kind of like in the playoff mix. Uh, I know you mentioned the Vikings. The Vikings use the Fangio defense as well, too. Um, 
it needs there, there there has to be some adjusting some some fixing going on and you know he's supposed to be a very very bright defensive mind so i'm expecting to see some adjustments being made because this the scheme to me is just not working now uh as far as his communication and and you know the relationship that he has with the players uh it seems positive right so he's not a guy he's not you know, bringing that toxic energy in the locker room, right? He's not somebody who, you know, needs to go right now, right? He's not somebody where, where you know, the players would, you know, give a round of applause if he was fired. I don't think he, he's he's that bad. But, you know, I do think that this is th this is a window that the Chargers have right now. Uh, I thought last year was the best, best time to strike. Uh, they're still the, – the window's open now still, uh, but they must. They absolutely must get better on defense. The defense is yeah. an issue. Um, I, I do think that, they, again, they need to adjust a little bit. And I, I'm going to get into it a little bit on my channel, but the Fangio defense, the Eagles played the Fangio defense. Uh, yeah. They played the Fangio defense in the, the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs, uh, they really exposed it. And yeah. it's a very – it was a very, very – I watched the tape. It was a very simple thing. All they did was overload sides with motion. And because there's deep zones, there's not enough guys to cover. Somebody's always going to be open, right? And if you have a good quarterback, it's just – it it's – yeah. Barbecue chicken. So there has to be some high adjustments <laughs> going right. on. Barbecue chicken. Defensively, like it's just too simple. It's very, very simple. And yep. I don't know, man. It's just it, it's that's something that worries me. Uh, again, I, I have to give him a chance, and I have to give him, you know, the opportunity to learn from his mistakes. I, I think the new defensive coordinator, uh, Derek Ainsley, I, I think he can bring some value to this team as well, too. But uh, ultimately, the microscope is going to be on him this year. Um, when you think about it, the Chargers, they have cleaned house, coaching staff, right? They're gonna, there's going to be a new athletic trainer uh, coming as well, too. So the excuses are going by the wayside. So, you know, he has to produce now. He, he's going to have to produce in his third year. And um, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I, I really am. I'm coming into the, the 2023 season with a clean slate, right? I'm going to judge him on how he does from, from 2023 on. Uh, what happened last year happened last year. So, uh just moving forward, I want to see some improvement. I want to see some improvement. They don't have to be the best defense in the world, but I, I just want to see that they're going to be able to get better and obviously be able to cause problems for other teams defensively, right? That hasn't been something they've they've been able to do over the past yeah. couple of years. So yeah. able to do that, I think they'll be fine, and I think yeah. he'll be fine. But improvement, you know, does need to be made. You know, I, I got some interesting thoughts on that. I was actually thinking about this this, this morning. I read an article that um, was kind of interesting. It was talking about Mike McCarthy. Um, he said, did Mike McCarthy actually make the Charger fans fall in love with Kellen Moore even more? Because basically Mike McCarthy came out and said, yeah, I really don't want to light up the scoreboard because um, I want to give my defense a rest. And I'm like, what a stupid comment. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, okay, I understand the concept of making the other team, you know, all right, well, but are you going to take plays off? Let's just run the ball. Let's do Marty ball or whatever. I mean, come on. Kellen Moore wants to light up the scoreboard. So my prediction is I think Kellen Moore will probably – Let's say we don't make the playoffs, hypothetically speaking. Kellen Moore um, will probably save Brandon Staley's job just because I think our offense is going to be that good. No matter what, we're going to score. And we'll be interested to see how long Kellen Moore even stays a uh, a coach. Or Well, he'll be a head coach next season is my other prediction as well. Too, right. Because he's just that good of a coach, and he's such a good mindset of understanding how to expose defenses just exactly like you were discussing. So yeah. uh, that's my prediction. But, but I think that was probably the best – the best offseason hire that Brandon Staley made. And you know he jumped on that damn fast. Boy, he was let go by the, the Cowboys, and it was like yeah. instantaneous. He was over with us. So I thought it was yep. really cool. It's funny. I, I actually made a video on that last night. Um, Did you really? Yeah, oh. about Kellen Moore. Because I, I I was watching well some Cowboy tape, 
And uh, I was just looking at how balanced he is as a play caller. And uh, to brother. your point, the Mike McCarthy comments, I, I thought Mike McCarthy was, 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 was he, was he high or something? Because he said he wanted <laughs> right? to the scoreboard up and he said that he wants to run the ball. But when you go back and you look at the stats, the Cowboys were sixth as far as uh, yeah. rushing attempts go. Yep. And they were yep. in the middle of the pack passing attempts. They were balanced, extremely yeah. balanced. So I don't, know what he, I don't know what Mike McCarthy was talking about. And the last time we seen Mike McCarthy call plays in, in Green Bay, didn't things did not look very, very well. So that's why I was just like, what? So I went back and I started looking at some tape. And yeah, Kellen Moore is a very, very talented play caller. It was one. Of, I think it was one of the best hires. Um, I think the hire was so good that it, if Brandon Staley is not producing, it could really put some 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 of his job security in jeopardy because yeah, right. if you're the Chargers, right, you look for coaches who are going to take, you know, less money, right? But Kellen Moore would be a first-time head coach, right? This is all hypothetical if, if Brandon Staley was to be let go and you yep. can have a, high, a, a head coach hire in Kellen Moore. He would be a first-time head coach, but he would be a head coach who would have five years of play-calling experience, yes. right? That's, that's very, very hard to find. Uh, so he would still be a guy that's on a very, you know, low number contract, but a guy with a lot of experience, a guy who has, you know, shepherded really top 10 offenses in Dallas. And when you look at the the Dallas Cowboys, right, their offense and all this stuff, like, yes, they have talented players, but for them to do that year in and year out, and I tweeted something after he got hired, in the past two seasons, the Cowboys have scored 40 points eight times. Yep, uh, the right. Chargers have done it four times. And, yep. uh, you know, right. it's, it's something – when you keep putting up points on the board, right? That's how you win in the modern NFL. So yeah, the whole thing about McCarthy, the 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 wanting to play keep away and all of this stuff, that's not gonna work. You you're we're gonna be playing against Patrick Mahomes. We gotta outscore him. That's just that. it's just what yeah. it is, right? Doesn't matter how good our defense is, they're gonna score points. We need to score more. So he's in the perfect place. Kellen Moore is in the perfect place. He's gonna get a very, very good look um at head coaching opportunities maybe even with us right depending on how the yep. season goes so yeah you know, I, I have one last thought and we'll pass to james and kyle i it was interesting so i asked myself this question what's more what's more um what has higher value in coaching right now offense or defense i would argue offense right now offensive head coaches are becoming more and more important because you said it perfectly the defense can get exposed with the way the modern nfl is is just constructed right so there's more value for an offensive-minded head coach than a defensive-minded head coach because, you know, you think about that, that's a big part of it. So and I think that's why Kellen Moore's values can be so high. Let's say he brings our offense to, like, top five, you know, and we're, and we're like, one of the highest scorers, one of the best red zone offenses. Man, there's no chance he doesn't become a head coach somewhere else next year. So – or or – as you said, if the season goes bad and the offense looks amazing, he'll step in as the new head coach for uh, Brandon Staley. So I don't know. What do you guys think in the chat as well, too? I know uh, we got some people rolling in. Larry, I really like this comment as well, too. This is perfect. So um, 100%. So I'll pass to James and Kyle on on, uh, on that thought. Yeah, you know, and, and and I'm a big fan of Kellen Moore. And based upon watching his scheme, he even said in his um, introductory press conference, he said, hey, man, sometimes speed's great. Speed's great, but it's not really yeah. the full picture. 100%. And I think that's kind of a reason why, hey, you're, we're going to keep Keenan Allen. We're going to keep Mike Williams around here because those guys are very reliable for us when they are on field. That makes a big difference. <laughs> but even to say at the running back level of things, it's, um, you know, Tony Pollard out there, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott really was RB2 in my opinion. Tony Pollard really was the guy. But the thing is, though, they Tony Pollard might have actually been a beneficiary of the system more than anything because – they did yeah, a lot of motion, two running back sets. 
they we Andrew and I when we were watching games are like guys can we just see some motion at the line yeah roll out a guard roll out your left tackle roll out just help your player succeed bottom line we felt like this offense Joe Lombardi which ironically is with Denver now <laughs> if he's got any play so or weird. anything like that if he if he's making the play calls oh boy I mean, Denver, <laughs> come on now. What are you doing? But what I'm saying here is that we got a guy that's really going to be able to put players in winning situations, not just a wide receiver out in the flat. Hey, it's on you. Maybe there's one blocker against three guys. You're not going to win. That's not winning football. Kellen Moore puts players in winning situations, and that, that's what I'm very, very excited about. He's putting players in the right position to be able to do the right thing, to be able to get extra yards after catch. Speed would be great. I get it, 100%. I think when we really missed Guyton heavily this year to really spread the field or ball downfield or get downfield routes going on. But I think scheme makes a big difference. Joe Lombardi was very, very simple right. and very much on the player to make a play. So what's your thoughts, Kyle, on that? And then we probably should jump over and talk a little bit about the combine. I know we're kind of going for off, sure. off the yeah, yeah, For bit. sure. But, I mean, yeah. I've, I've said this a couple of times. I'm really just excited to see – some mother effing adjustments in the, the freaking <laughs> second half of the dang game, you know? Like, I mean, I swear they were just doing the exact same thing over and over. And, like, in how many uh, defensive players have said that when they after they played us? They're like, yeah, we just figured out what they were doing, and we just played, like, one or two different types of uh, uh, defensive plays, and we were able to stop them every single time because, yeah. you know, that's exactly what they – what. Joe Lombardi did not do is make adjustments. You know, he just like, this is what I'm doing. And that's how we're going to make it, make it, make it work. You know? Yeah. Um, Square peg round hole, man. It it always doesn't fit. And that's the thing that I think that Joe Lombardi was all about that. Just, I'm going to keep doing the same thing, but it's not really working at all. Square peg round hole. Uh, You know, we, we lost that playoff game because we didn't have a run game. And so was it the players or was it the scheme? I'll say it's the scheme in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, sorry. I jumped in there and no, it's fine. No, I mean, yeah, you're just reiterating the point, you know, cause like, and that's, it's just straight up idiocracy. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw that movie, oh, like, yeah. you know, there, there was like that, you know, that it was that IQ test and like, and they had those square pegs in the round hole, you know, like in, like in, and apparently like you know, our guy was like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. And so it's just like, I'm just excited to see some adjustments being made. Um, but the, the kind of go back a little bit further, uh, to, uh, pigskin you you were talking about how um brandon staley like a lot of our problems is is the defense um as well because like it seems like some of the plays may might be a little too complicated or something like that you know because um and i'm i'm hoping to see some adjustments on that side as well because uh, we we kind of talked about it briefly um but it was really interesting to see that when duran james went down we our defense was actually like instrumentally better like yeah. all across Weird. the board and yeah. mm-hmm. that's that's something that we gotta hopefully they'll recognize but like maybe Durbin james just has too many assignments at one in one yeah. play and so just let him cook and what he's best at and then let everybody else cook at what they're best at and hopefully that's something that they need to recognize and make an adjustment for it in this offseason yeah yeah 100 percent 
Yeah, and I think that would be a pretty good segue to talk about the combine if you guys have been paying attention to the underwear Olympics. That's um, right. You know, <laughs> I love that underwear. Um, it is pretty funny. I'm like, wow, that's really tight outfits. <laughs> I mean, if I was out there in the underwear Olympics, maybe I would run a four or five or something. I highly doubt that I'll pull a handy midway, but you know, um, you know, it, it helps. It helps, but uh, you know, and that's the thing. Like, we do have a lot of adjustments that we will be making on defense. Derek Ainsley, and once again, I'm going to clarify for you. We talked about an article earlier this week that there was going to be no coaching staff there. And, you know, Telesco wasn't going to be there. Brand Staley wasn't going to be there. Really random article. They were there, but they, I have not seen them for the amount of time that I've watched in the combine being at the combine. I did see Derek Ainsley there eyeing a lot of cornerbacks. Like he was like, just sitting there, just staring at their dude's feet before they're on the launch point, basically on the 40. And so there is coaching staff there. It's just probably more of a limited fashion, more or less. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Speedo's Olympic. Well, it, 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 and, and, and to your point, though, James, too, like it's on TV. You could be watching yeah. it. and then they're get, Everyone's going to get right. the film. They can see it anytime they want. They can see it. Anytime, and it costs money to, to get these yep. people there, right? And so it's cold there. Man, it's cold. <laughs> We're from LA, dude. You don't you don't want to go you don't want to go to Indy right now. Come on now. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that's also that uh, Spanos is being a little cheap too. They're like, we don't want to pay tickets and hotels for all these dudes too. Maybe I don't know. Maybe just going back earlier conversation on the uh, the great the the report card that we had. Maybe it was kind of they just were being cheap. But then again, you could watch it on TV and find the same information that you were looking for. And Pretty I much. guarantee they get all the yep. footage yep. given to them that they can look at any player and they probably segment into each player that you could say, Hey, X, Y, Z player. This is what they got going on with the bench. This is what they got going on the forties. So on and so forth. So why, why be there? I mean, people are just sitting there hanging out eating popcorn in the stands, you know, or whatnot. But I get the conversations with the GMs. Like, you could talk with the GMs. You could see what they're talking about, Agents. plans that they're looking to yep. do, trades, you know, things like that. I get it. But I think you could probably knock that out in a day or two, at least. Yep. You don't have to be there 100%. for four days. 100%. Staring at the same thing when your eyes are crossed, sitting here like, dude, I've seen this before already a thousand times. Yeah. I'm done, you know? So, but... As this draft is coming up, which is going to be interesting, we got a good amount of picks here. A lot of people are throwing out a lot of offensive ideas. A lot of people, in my opinion, I'm I'm kind of looking at the defense. I'm with Derek on it. I think there's some things on defense we could really add to this team. Um, I I don't know what you guys thoughts, and maybe I'll just start with you, Derek. I, have you been paying attention to the combine, kind of seeing what's going on? What's kind of your thoughts for say pick one, pick two? Um, I I've been throwing out some ideas, but I want to hear from you first, since you are our esteemed guest for the day. Well, yeah, yeah. I've been uh, definitely been paying attention to the combine. Um, I, and this is interesting. I made a video again about it last night. To me, the obvious choice is, and if he's going to be there, but it's Nolan Smith. No, Nolan Smith had, I, I think the best overall uh, performance at the combine. Um, that dude is is an alien, and you know yep. he was just coming off of an injury too. He didn't even play in the national championship yep. game. He was injured, and to still for him to have this uh, combine performance was amazing. And yep. I looked at him, and I I it, when the video does come out, I compared him to Micah Parsons a little bit, right? This is a guy that you can do a lot with, right? Who what defensive ends are running four three, right? Th this is a guy That's you crazy. can really do yeah. a lot of different things with, right? You can have a lot of different packages, right? He can. 
rush from you know the the middle of the field right like a linebacker right you can line him up as a linebacker right you can put him in coverage if you want to there's a lot of different things you can do with him and i like him because he's not a a scheme fit guy right he can he can fit in any scheme three four four three whatever you want to play mm-hmm. he's a guy that can fit now because of his performance i don't know if he's going to be there at 21 right when you're looking at yeah. mock drafts and all of this stuff a lot of people had um reservations about him because he got injured and right if he didn't have this performance i think he probably may he maybe would have been there but i don't know I don't, and it, it's unlikely that the chargers go and trade up but if he is there that is the guy that's my guy that i want to take right um now as far as the offense goes i i think the chargers got really really lucky uh with a lot of the the wide receiver performances a lot of people were expecting some of the wide receivers to come in and have like really blazing 40 times um, four twos and stuff like that. I'm looking at a guy like Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Um, Everything that I looked at, right. I started watching him early, early in the season. I seen Tennessee was going to be good. Um, He ran, I think four, four, two, his tape. He he is a legitimate four, two guy when he's actually playing football. I don't know if he's a track player, but he has easy speed. He looks like Randy Moss running a little bit. His strides look like Randy Moss. He's an easy, easy 4-2 guy when he's actually playing. But his performance, a, a guy like Zay uh, Zay Flowers as well, too, those mm-hmm. guys are going to drop a little bit. And I think one of I those am. guys is going to be there in the second round. I think the Chargers are going to be able to get a value pick in the second round. Uh, now, if Nolan Smith yep. is there in the first round, then, yes, you know, you're obviously going to have one of the best drafts that you've had in a really, really long time if you're able to get a Nolan Smith and a Jalen Hyatt. Uh, it's unlikely though. So, but I do think that they will be able to have some type of value pick within the first couple of picks. Um, I, I think they have to just draft. If Nolan Smith isn't there, you got to draft for a need, right? You have to get a need and whoever that is, I've seen some mock drafts to have us taking an offensive tackle. I, if, if Trey Pipkins is, is, is not uh, in the mix to be resigned, then yes, I can see that happening maybe, but I, I think they just have to fill a need with the first pick. Uh, it's got to be somebody who can come in and play right away. Um, yep. I, I think you have to, at all costs, Tom Telesco has to avoid the Isaiah Spiller situation. He has to avoid the JT Woods situation. You can't bring guys in that are not going to do anything. So I yep. think they're going to draft a need guy, somebody who can come in and play right away. Um, it's going to help, you know, try to strengthen his job security. Uh, you know, if any, if nothing else, right. It, it, it try to help strengthen his job security, uh, him drafting another pro bowler in the first round or whatever. But yep. I think you gotta, you, you gotta take somebody based off of need, right. If you don't have your, your guy, if he's not there, take a need and then try to find some value in the second round. Maybe a tight end will be there. Um, I don't know. There, there's just a lot of, there, there's a lot of players that can contribute to, to the chargers. But I think you have to really, really draft based on need because there are some holes on on both sides of the ball, right? If if we're being honest, exactly. right? you have to draft somebody who's going to come in and contribute right away, right? You you don't you want to avoid the the project picks. I I don't think the Chargers can afford any of those now, especially with the salary cap looking the way that it is. No more projects. Got to uh, find people who are going to come in and help right away. Yep. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Good point. I, I was actually just going to say one thing on that. It, you know. It's interesting because I, I keep seeing a lot of people talk about B. John Robinson running back and then obviously yeah. Zay Flowers, right? And I, you know, yeah. again, I think you're exactly right. The first pick has to be a day one starter no matter what, right? Um, and again, we all know that what, whatever's going to happen in free agency, you know, getting under the salary cap, who we lose in that situation, how we get rid of those players. It might be a linebacker first, might be an offensive lineman first. If we don't resign Pipkins, it might be get the best lineman, get the best right tackle you possibly can, you know, because you got to keep our crown jewel, which is we know Justin Herbert upright and throwing the ball. 
And we also know that Kellen Moore really likes to run very heavy jumbo sets. He likes a lot of two, three tight end sets a lot. So yep. that's kind of why I keep thinking tight ends probably, no matter what, we're going to draft the tight end. I promise you we're going to draft the tight end. It's oh, yeah. It just boils down to yeah. when that's oh, going to yeah. be. Yeah. But going back to the combine, and I'll, and I'll pass to Kyle, um, the bottom line, it's so funny to me because these guys are out running and they're doing their thing. Oh, that's not a great number. You know, they jump up and hit the little sticks and all this other, all this little agility drills. <laughs> And I, and I sit back and say to myself, like, does that really matter? They've, we've already had scouts look at these players for their entire career, right? Going back to actually having people travel, is how they perform at that moment really going to make that big of a difference? Now, I will say this one thing. I did watch the quarterbacks uh, from yesterday, um, and uh, the, guy, the guy, why am I drawing a blank? The guy from uh, Florida. His stock went way up. Um, Richardson? Yeah, Richard Richardson, yes. His stock went way up. Like, he's looked really good in the combine. So, yes, I think it could hurt you a little bit, but it can also help you a little bit. But, again, they've got such a huge body of work. You never really know how that plays out, right? But you're right. Day one, you need a starter. First pick has to be a a banger. 100% day one starter. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Raquel? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean – I'm I'm actually leaning towards uh, offensive line first round straight away. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily offensive line actually or defensive line. So trench is going to be first round pick again, uh, for third <laughs> third year in a row. Yeah. <laughs> you know it, it worked yeah. last time, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and how lucky did Telesco get with Jamari? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Dude. holy smokes, yeah. he saved that hundred percent. Absolutely yeah. save the season for sure, you know, and and that and that was going to be my thoughts, uh, you know, because Jamari Sawyer in a lot of ways is kind of like a wild card exactly. player, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, that's right, I know <laughs> he got that. <laughs> he, he's he's such a wild card player because he could be injected into like seemingly any position on the line, and he should be able to step yeah. up in a big way. And so because of that, you know, I'm thinking it's like, well, a lot of a lot of my picks are going to depend on what happens in the free agency. Like a lot of us do think that Filer is going to get let go. And if he does, they could put Jamari Sawyer at left guard or they can draft a guard and then put Sawyer at the right tackle. Um, And, you know, kind of as a backup to, or to Pipkins or even to be the guy uh, as, as a, and Pipkins can be his backup or something, depending on how training camp plays out, you know? So we, we have like, you know, when, when you know when you're playing like poker or uh for, for or, or uno for that matter you know and you got the you know you need to, to kind of complete a little set there you know you got you got a couple options there you know you got com- some runner runners here so like i don't know if you can get a tackle and then you can move move people around or you can get a guard and you can move uh you know salier around to where he needs to yeah. be and so that's kind of where where I'm thinking, um, and so because of that, I mean, I really like uh, Osiris Torrance as as a guard, um, and I think it was Anton Harrison uh, for tackle. I think that was his name here. I got it right there. Yeah, Anton Harrison, or potentially even Broderick Jones. I'm going to be putting little videos up for those for them here later on today. I think I think they're actually performing to or not performing. Their underwater Olympics is is today, right? For both of, all those guys. So I'm, I'm keeping yeah, my eyes back on the tackles. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. It's offensive. going on right now. Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. yeah. And, so. and one thing Daniel Janemar talked about on the in the combine today too. He said basically, like, look, he said you want offensive linemen that can play different positions. Look at Zion Johnson. Yeah, he can play center. He can play guard. He can play pretty much anywhere, right? And that's the that's the linemen I think that have a ton of value. And you look oh. at who, who went to the Super Bowl last season. The Chiefs and the Eagles, by far the best 
defensive lines and offensive lines in the league, right? And so yeah. that makes a huge difference, man. I mean, I know it's not a sexy pick. We all want wide receivers, we want tight ends, people scoring up, yeah. you know, a ton of points. But you know, you gotta you gotta get holes for your running backs. I mean, I had an yeah, argument right. with well, not an argument, but uh, a discussion with one of our uh, one of the videos, and like, oh yeah, we you know our running game was horrible. But I'm like, but our line didn't make holes. For our running backs to run through, right? right that's yeah. that's the other part of the conversation. So right. that's huge. That's huge. You know, and, and go back to your point, Kyle, talking about offensive line. So I've seen that they've had Chargers have already interviewed two guys that are offensive line men. Mm-hmm. So McClendon uh-huh. Curtis, offensive line for Chattanooga, um, senior bowl standout, routinely sent scouts to his games in 2022. Kind of a late round kind of guy. Maybe they're kind of hoping it's going to be a diamond in the rough. And to me, why Jamari Salyer got to the sixth round still is mind-boggling in my opinion. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, McClendon Curtis, he basically could work up and down the line too. So Chargers love to have that versatility kind of guy. Um, another one was John Michael Schmitz, which is actually one of the top guards in this draft. He's an offensive lineman from Minnesota. Top run. Yep. Um, blocker rated at 92.6. So they are looking at O-line guys. Right. I remember when we did our stream last year for the draft, and then they're like, all right, here's our pick. Yeah. Zion Johnson. Who? Who the yeah. hell? <laughs> yeah. We didn't even know. Yeah. We didn't even know. Not we even like, on our radar at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean – it wouldn't surprise me if they just go that way. And I understand the idea behind that. Like you want to protect your crown jewel. Basically you want to protect Herbert. You want to make the run game better, which is why a lot of people want Bijan Robinson, which yep. I get it. He, they, people have said he could be a generational talent. We'll see what happens in his combine today and everything like that. But we do have one of the top running backs in the league right now, by the way, like, right. Yeah, got pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, he's pretty so, solid, by the two, way. Two like, years of over 20 uh, touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah. Hey, he's a touchdown machine. That's what yeah. you want, right? Yep. I mean, the guy is a versatile player. He's not a true, like, running back. He's more of like a pass catcher with the running back skill set. But either which way, if we could just open up holes and get guys that could block better for us, that's all that really matters. Now, right. I'm going to bring up guys that I think, and once again, Derek, you brought up uh, Nolan Smith. Great pick. Great pick. And that's one guy I had written down here, too. Why I think that's a great pick, because I keep hearing a lot of whispers that it's odd to think about Khalil Mack getting released. I don't know if you've heard some of that, but I just went on over the cap and just to look at it and say, hey, if it gets released, guess what? We save almost about $20 million on the cap. Immediately. Immediately. I... You, you, it's weird to think about. We gave up a second round pick essentially because we did trades with pick with the Bears later in the rounds and everything. So it essentially meant just a second round pick for us. Right, right. I and mean, he's a leader. He's a right. leader. He played consistent for us. Probably was one of our. Actually, he was our stability on the defensive line, basically for us. Right. But was it just a one year rental at this point? I mean, and and the business issues, business decision does get involved. Nolan Smith would be a plug and play kind of player for us at that point. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And would get us a little bit younger. I've been saying we're going to get younger on this defense because, right. you know, we, we kind of have to. And I'm going to pick another guy. And I've been saying this with my brothers that I think this guy would be an awesome fit at the linebacker level because, once again, Kenneth Murray. 
I don't know if we're going to pick up the fifth-year option for the guy. I don't even know if we're going to have Drew Tranquil back, by the way. That leaves a gaping hole there. True. I'm going to even throw in something else, too. Jeff Howard, who was a cornerback coach for the Browns, is now our linebacker coach. Why is he a linebacker coach? Well, we got to get better at the pass protection on the linebacker level. He wants to teach them to be better at pass protecting. How many times did we watch Kenneth Murray get burned on a yeah. pass play? I mean, it's every game. <laughs> every yeah. game. Well, that's every the thing. You know, we we've always we talked about it. He, Kenneth Murray is not a pass protection linebacker nope. at all. Nope. He, he, not even in his college days. He was he was a uh, plug in that B hole A hole kind of guy. You know. <laughs> yeah, he he was, and that's the thing. Oklahoma highlights. He was attacking the line, attacking the oh, running yeah. back. He wasn't yep. out pass protecting. Yep. Now. Once again, I do get a little leery about this pick for that reason, because sometimes I think it's shades of Kenneth Murray, but the stats say tell me a little di bit differently. But I think Trenton Simpson from Clemson, as a linebacker, adds a lot of speed to this defense, a versatile guy who's kind of like a Derwin James kind of guy that attacks the line and has great pursuit to the quarterback. And he ran, a, uh, I think it was a 4-5 is what they had as an unofficial. Yeah. The official was 4-4-3 speed official he remind <laughs> you said that nolan smith reminds you of michael parsons i don't know i kept looking at trenton simpson thinking he looks like michael parsons so maybe we got two michael parsons in this draft <laughs> <laughs> and so the thing about it is he could play well in the linebacker level i think he could play a little bit in the edge too for us too i think and once again he as a quarterback or excuse me in pass protection He's only given up 336 yards in two seasons total in the pass protection. That's pretty good. Pretty, That's pretty really good, good all around. Really good for college. Great for yeah. college, right? Yeah. And so, to me, he just seems like that other piece that we could start putting around everywhere on the line. We could maybe keep Derwin in the backfield, or we could put him, push him to the line, too. I mean, it was um, – who was it? Was it Bill Bel – no, not Bill Belichick. Oh, gosh. It's one of the guys on ESPN. He was did a video about Derwin Bullock. James. He says, man. Brian um, Bullock. Brian Bullock. He brought yeah. up and he said, hey, Derwin should play more at the line. He should be more aggressive at the line getting sacks. He should probably get 12 sacks a year, in my opinion. Yep. You know, he's got a lot of speed. He's one of our fastest guys on the defense. So adding a guy like Trent Simpson kind of reminds me a little bit sometimes of how he pursues like Kenneth Murray. But I think he's a little faster at getting after the quarterback. Um, I think he's way better at pass protection. Um, but he also kind of reminds me of that Isaiah Simmons guy that the uh, the Cardinals end up getting, that versatile piece that kind of didn't really work out. And we yep. burned him quite a bit when we played him in Arizona, by the way. Yeah. He gave up two, two touchdowns in that game. But Trent Simpsons, to me, seems like a great guy. He could be a guy that falls into the second round, maybe early second round. But that's one guy I really had a big eye on. And sorry I'm going on a rant here. But <laughs> – <laughs> Darnell Washington. I mean, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. That guy, dude, 6'7, 264. The guy ran what was catch, it, four bro. five something, I think is what he ran. Yep. Maybe, maybe it's yeah. a high four five. Um, when you watched him do the blocking drill on the sled, he was moving that thing around like he was carrying just a baby in a cart, <laughs> uh, like a carriage. Dude, it was yeah. like no big deal. Yeah. No big deal. It was so easy to be able to work with. And that one-handed catch to end off the tight end drills was insane. I mean, 
if you have him with Parham, two 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 tight ends that are six seven six eight ish, that's a matchup nightmare, guys. Like, so that's just what I got from the combine. I yeah. think there's some really good talent for us to really pick off here. And even some late round tight ends, like if you put in Sam Laporte from Iowa, you know, he, 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 once again, I, I take the underwear Olympics as a grain of salt, because once again, I feel on field pads, helmet is a different type of game than run around in your underwear. But yeah. Sam Laporte looked pretty good too. Maybe he could even be that uh, second coming of uh, George Kittle being an Iowa guy. You know, Iowa tight ends always, yep. always, always live up to expectations. 100%. 100%. So I think the thing is, though, everybody wants a fast wide receiver. Dude, you nailed it on the head, Derek. I mean, you could probably get a guy in the second round. I think there's even some third round talent and even some fourth round guys mm-hmm. that I've even been digging into that you, if you want speed, you could find speed. Oh, yeah. You could find speed easy. So that's my thoughts of what I saw from the combine. So. Any other comments, questions on that? <laughs> yeah, Kyle, what are you thinking there? Um, yeah, there's a lot to lot to unpack with it on that. hundred uh, <laughs> percent. I went off on that one, guys. Yeah, it's all good. I've, it's been, all good. I've been writing a lot of notes on players. And no, it's good. Into older play, players in the sixth, seventh round, yeah. if you want, dude. You know, I I think the biggest thing uh, that we got to look at when it comes to these offensive players is like, you know, what does Kellen Moore want? That's the biggest thing. And I looked yeah. at, you know, even his guy, Dalton Schultz, uh, as tight end, who's a free agent now. Yeah. Um, he so only has him. about 500 yards uh, receiving and five touchdowns on last year. Um, and I'm like, okay, so does Kellen Moore actually utilize the tight ends for receiving very often? Or because yeah. it seemed like, I mean, because, um, you know, Everett, he had like, you know, almost like, you know, 800 yards and like, you know, seven touchdowns. And so like, even then, um, it seemed like maybe not Justin Herbert was not throwing it to the tight ends very often, or uh, Lombardi is not playing, making schemes for tight ends very often. So, um, and that was a, a comment from, uh, I think, DZ last time. Um, he was saying, it's like, yeah, I mean, like Kelsey was like a third round pick and Kittle was like a fifth round pick. And so we, we can get some serious value out of tight ends later in the, in the draft. I don't know if we need to use a, um, the first round pick for um, a tight end. Um, no. But even though like, you know, Darnell Washington, man, he freaking increased his stock very high. Massive. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really curious, like it's so risky for us to draft a first round uh, running back. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we, we got, the, the most amazing running back ever first round, Ladanian Tomlinson. And then we had probably the one of the uh um let's say I don't know if he was the worst, but it was a kind of a bad situation. Melvin Gordon being a first round draft well, you pick. You could even say us. Matthews before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ryan yeah, Matthews, Matthews too. Yeah. yeah. Matthews too. So yeah. yeah. So we've we we are uh one for three as far as drafting running backs in the first round. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, and the NFL just, doesn't like running backs anymore, right? I mean, right. They're, they're, yeah, it's, that's the biggest it's, thing. It's the passing league, right? And we, right. And, and and Telesco specifically said this: we are going to always pass the ball more than run the ball, right? And right. because we got Justin Herbert, right? It's yeah, it's right different if, you, if you're yeah. you're again Kellen Moore had Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is not Justin Herbert. Herbert is a way better quarterback. Oh yeah. So 
I would rather put the ball in Herbert's hands than in a running back's hand that could potentially fumble the ball. We all know that Herbert's very accurate. He's, he's, he's good. But this is a great point by Optimus Rhyme, and we'll pass to you, Derek. Um, any wide receiver you draft is going to fight for the, the wide receiver three spot at best, and that's a really good point, right? Because I also think, you know, again, I, I always think get best available, but also do you really need a wide receiver right now? We got a right. lot of money going to wide receivers right now, guys. A lot yeah. of money. And so eh, you could probably wait, maybe get somebody in depth, you know, you know, down the fourth or fifth round, maybe something like that, but not first, second, third, in my opinion. So right, sure. Uh, but I think that's where tight ends kind of make a lot of sense to me, right? Because you get both the running ability, um, passing ability, wow. blocking ability, helping the running game. It's more versatile, in my opinion. So, anyways, I'll pass to you there, Derek. I mean, you, you also got to look at Free agency as well, too. I think a lot of people are are completely ignoring that, too. You got to look. I, I I know he's controversial. Odell Beckham is going to be available, and he's going to yeah, be available yeah. at a discount. I like, I like him. That's the I like him. guy. Yeah. But McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman is going to be available, too, yep. as well. Like, those are two guys that are going to be reachable because they're these next contracts <laughs> that they get are not going to be huge <laughs> contracts. They're going to be kind of prove-it contracts. And to go out there, be able to stretch the field with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, that's that's something that you can really look at. And if the Chargers yeah. were to do that, you can fully, fully focus this draft on, you know, maybe the trenches, right? Offensive line, defensive line. You can really, really focus there without having to, you know, maybe we should get a speed receiver here, there, whatever. Like, and like I said, unless you're getting like a Jalen Guyton or uh, not a Jalen, uh, excuse me, a uh, Jalen Hyatt um, yeah. out of Tennessee, a guy who can like really, really, really Just burn down the field, right? And like, yeah. unless you're getting somebody like that, then yeah, I would kind of stay away because. Also, these guys are small too, right? We don't know how their bodies are going to adjust to the NFL. Um, Hyatt, I think, is like 5'11, 180. Zay Flowers yeah. is like 170. It's like. Imagine <laughs> taking hits in the NFL. So, like, how are their bodies? Are these guys going to adjust to the NFL? Uh, I think that's where free agency has the upper hand because you know that these guys you know, have been in the league for a while, right? They can. Yep. You know, handle the 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 wear and tear of a, a seventeen game season. So yeah. I'm looking for maybe the Chargers to do something there, get a guy that's established. Possibly there are, there are going to be some receivers out there. Um, even you look at a guy. I loved him coming out of the uh, um, the combine. I loved him coming out of Ohio State too. The guy that plays for the Colts. I think his name is uh, um is it Paris uh is it Johnson oh. Paris Johnson I believe. I yeah, think he's Paris Johnson. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. think he, he ran like four three two at the combine. He's a burner. Yep. Those yep. guys are going to be available for discount prices. So if you're looking for a speed receiver, I think you got to look there first before you, you know, use some valuable draft capital, you know, taking Agreed. a guy who may or may not, you know, live up to the hype. Yep. You know, you, you bring up a good point. I think the trenches is really where we have to start winning, and Agreed. we are not yeah. winning in that right now, both right. sides of the ball. I want to talk about original one's question here real quick, and just a little side topic, but watching Herbert struggle with that Allen Williams is difficult to watch. You know what's interesting about that to me? The reason why that was the case is because of Lombardi's offense specifically, right? It was yeah. his whole offense was built on five yard outs, just move the chains, move the chains, move the chains. You can't do that with other people besides Allen and Williams. When they went down, the whole playbook went out the window. Yep. And Lombardi was not smart enough to make a change and adjust. So, anyways, I just I just wanted to answer his question real quick. Original one that was that was a good question. So, well, no, he he did adjust. Remember, he just uh, he made all of his plays. Uh, 10 yards out and then come back. Curl route. Curl route. Curl route. That's right. All day. 
No well, crossing. It, it, no crossing routes at all. That's what Kellen yeah, Moore. Was was, yes, it was. Yeah. Kellen, Kellen Moore is so good at it, and I very good. I covered it in my video as well too. I talked about how he's experienced as a play caller, and I think that's the most impressive thing about him. Uh, him being so young, he is so good at setting up play calls. Yes, there was yeah, a few yeah. play calls like, well, I mean, obviously we've seen Lombardi, right? He will come out and he had this script, right? He will come out. It's all. It was always sometime in the first quarter where he would run that reverse. That stupid raggedy reverse to DeAndre mm-hmm. Carter, right? Yeah. <laughs> Slow footed DeAndre Never Carter, right? You run out and it gets eight up every single time. That is a play. <laughs> like if you're just looking at it, right? That's a play that needs to be set up. When Andy yeah. Reid calls that, that's a play call that gets called in the third quarter, right? You yep. show that action six, seven, eight times, then you hand it off to the guy. Now you have 30 or 40 yards. That's something that Kellen Moore did very, very well when I was watching the tape. He would set things up, set things up, set things up. That's why I think Herbert, I think his legs are going to come back into the equation. Yep. I, I don't think yep. he's going to yep. run like Josh Allen, but a lot of those naked bootlegs, a lot of that action the, where the offense flows one way and the quarterback just has the ball, right? He can either throw it, you know, throw it down yep. the field, or he has 20 to 30 yards to run in front of him, right? Get out of bounds yep. or slide. I think Herbert, his legs are going to come back. That's what Kellen Moore does very, very, very well. He lulls the defense to sleep. And for him to be a young guy and for him to have that type of discipline as a play caller is really impressive because you only really see that from an Andy Reid. You only really see it from, you know, a Doug Peterson, right? Guys who have been there before, right? They have play, they have calls on their sheet. I'm not calling this until the second half. I'm not calling this yeah. until the fourth quarter, right? You have to be disciplined to not do it, right? There might be some areas where like, ah, oh, I can hit them right here. You have to be really, really disciplined. He sets that up very, very well. And I can just imagine Herbert having that, you know, that 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 type of offensive play caller, right? And especially when you have the 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 trust in Herbert, right? He's not gonna turn the ball over. He's not a Dak Prescott. Yeah. You look at Dak Prescott, you know, you look at all of the throw. He was throwing to wide open guys last year. It's ridiculous how he had so many interceptions, to be honest. Herbert, yeah. ha- how many times do we see Herbert thread the needle? I don't know how many times oh, I came oh, on the channel yeah, the breaking down. And he was threading the needle on third and seven, third and eight, right? Plays that you yeah. have to have it. Those guys were yeah. running open and when you look at Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, they're not the fastest guys, but they can shake a little bit. They can dance. Yep. They can get open, and especially with this offense, if they're going to be able to run crossing routes, be able to, to play off of each other's routes, there's going to be a lot of open area for this offense. I'm, I'm very, very excited for this offense. No matter how the defense looks, no matter what goes on, I'm excited to watch this offense. I think, I think we're going to uh, get back into the top five, honestly. Easy. Yep. Easy. I agree. I agree. And to me, is about scoring more points. And the thing is, though, with, with the Cowboys, they have scored <laughs> – 30-something points, three out of four of his years, I believe, right? Uh, on average per game. That's massive, guys. I mean, realize that the Eagles and the Chiefs were at that same kind of level of scoring 30-plus points a game, basically. And they got to the Super Bowl. Big thing, they had one of the best offensive lines, or at least the Eagles had one of the best offensive lines and a very solid defensive line that they actually worked off. Uh, you know, bringing in Sue and uh, – uh, Joseph also too to add to that line, but then they also drafted on the D line last year with uh, Jordan Davis too. Yeah. Those guy I wanted. Remember, yeah. I wanted that boy. Yep, yep. Had, had a man crush on him. I tell you what, dude. That guy, that guy was <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's it, it it is kind of an interesting discussion here because if you start thinking, okay, do we just need to go O line D line, or we're going to pick up boring picks on the O line, or are we going to go after some flashy kind of picks? It's going to be an interesting draft for us all around, guys. And, I mean, Tom Telesco talked about it in one of his interviews. I think it was on uh, Good Morning Football. He talked about we draft players for the future. So yep. yeah. there is yeah. that kind of thing in the in yeah. 
ahead of us that you think, okay, we do have a lot of talent on this team. We do have a few holes that we do need to fill with those early picks, but we also look to try to draft for the later on. People bringing up Tomlinson, the uh, the wide receiver, or excuse me, the cornerback from TCU, which, yeah. hey, he's a burner and everything. Yeah. To me, my opinion, I don't think we're going high on a cornerback, in my opinion. I think Jasir no. Taylor did a pretty good job last pretty year. Good. Asante good. Yeah. Samuel Jr. is a stud. He really, man, he showed out in that playoff game. Yeah. I think that J.C. Jackson, we'll see where he goes, but we invested a lot of money in him, so we got to see where he lands. And Mike Davis, man, I mean, he saved that cornerback side. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. he did. Oh, yeah. He was phenomenal for us. So, to me, I think we have enough depth. And I, and to be honest, Dean, Dean Leonard, I mean, he played really, really well in camp. It, it was a different story when he was on field. It was really just about learning how to turn his head, seeing the yeah. ball versus just yeah. letting the ball yeah. – become a penalty basically yeah, at that point. Right. So I think we're really set in the cornerback side of things. I mean, maybe something late, maybe for a gunner position on special team or something like that. I don't think we're really going after that, in my opinion, but it's going to be an exciting time. And, and remember guys, free agency starts in about nine days. I think it is. That's right. So it's yeah. coming up. Yeah. It's, it's coming it's up. Close. So it's going to be, it's going to be hot and heavy. Yep. Going back to that Khalil Mack rumor going around, if he's going to get, you know, cut or whatnot it's gonna be next week it's gonna be yeah. next week because they gotta yeah. get some cap space open man so yeah um it's gonna be interesting to see what really happens this time around guys and I, i'm excited about the draft i'm excited about what we could do in free agency i'm gonna throw one thing out though if we do get a speedy guy trey palmer from nebraska is one guy that i said in the late round possibly third possibly fourth round kind of guy real fast dude out of nebraska and if we got Jalen guyton out too We'd have two speedy guys on our offense just in case one goes down. You got another one. That's really what killed this offense, in my opinion, last year. So oh, yeah. it will be kind of a later round pick, in my opinion. If we could just kind of build build up a good defensive line, build up a good offensive line, we'll be in the money, guys. We'll be going yeah. Super Bowl, baby. Let's go. Woo! That's right. In, oh, hey, yeah. we'll go win the Super Bowl in Las Vegas in Raiders' house. Be the first <laughs> one to win a Super Bowl in oh, Vegas. That'd be so sick. That'd be so sick. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, just to, to piggyback off your point of the Khalil Mack thing, I think a lot of people don't understand the the, the financials that, that go into what the NFL is. I mean, Khalil Mack, when you, when you look at his seat, and this is, this is the thing when you have such high-paid players, right? You have to judge their seasons based off of the salary expectations. Yep. So Khalil Mack had a good year last year, very good year, yeah, because good. his salary was, I think it was $8.5 million, right? He yep. took the, uh, uh, not the pay cut, but he restructured to, to get that, that cap number down after the trade. Now yep. we go to $27 million, right? Yeah. Between him and Bosa, him and Bosa are taking up almost $60 million of the cap. Right. Both of those guys, injury yeah. issues, right? Uh, Bosa is not really an age thing. Uh, Khalil Mack is kind of getting up there in age, right, as far as the NFL yep. years go. But when you're looking at those guys, $60 million, right, that needs to translate to 20 sacks, right, a bunch of pressures, a lot of yeah. fourth fumbles. Like, yeah. that, ha it has to translate there. And I get a lot of people really don't, like, and, and I, I think this is where, like, us as, like, because we're, we're all fans, right? We, we are all fans, and we're not, you know, professionals when it comes to this but i think <laughs> yes. when like when i'm watching your guys's channel and it's something that i do right i can kind of separate my fandom that i have when it yep. comes to you know what a player can do and how much money they're making right and how how big of an impact they're having on the field versus how big right. of a salary cap hit that they are and this is where i'm kind of like 
I'm kind of going my separate ways, even on Twitter with some fans. Like a lot of people, when they think about Khalil Mack, they think about him as a Raider. They think about him as an all pro, as yeah. a linebacker and as a defensive end. And he's just not that guy anymore. Right. And yeah. it's fine. Like you, you, there's no way you can play this gladiator sport for 10 years and still be the same. Right. It's obviously going to take a toll on your body. But when you look at the year that Khalil Mack had in 2022, Eight sacks, right, on $8 million is fine. Goes all the way up to $27 million, though. Like, it, I, yeah, I right. don't think that Doesn't that is count. a smart – that's not a smart thing to do financially for the Chargers. And when you look at everything that this NFL is today, right, this is a offensive-based league. And this is why I made the video, like, kind of – who is it? Is it going to be Keenan Allen or is it going to be Khalil Mack this cut? You have to bring back Keenan Allen, right? Keenan Allen yeah. was hurt last year, but when he came back, he was hot. He was piping hot. And he's still yeah. a guy. If he stays healthy, he's a 90-catch guy. He's a 90 yeah. guy. He's, he's never been a speed guy, so he's not losing anything. He still looks like Keenan Allen to me. He can shake. He can get open. Right? That nine, Those 90 catches are much more valuable in today's NFL than the eight sacks that Khalil Mack uh, you know, got. And I, I, I get a lot of pushback, and a lot of people, this is like a narrative-based thing. They say Khalil Mack was double-teamed because Joey Bosa was injured. Yep. Not true. 100 yeah. percent not true i watched the tape i was just watching the the tape last night i think the the the, the weakest offensive line the chargers went up against was the Indi uh indianapolis colts right that that playoff clinching game they single khalil mack all game long with yeah. really pretty poor tackles right and he had a sack that game uh you know but i mean i guess that could be credited to nick Foles. he held onto the ball too long but they handled him pretty well he wasn't double teamed so a lot of people are really coming into this thing like, oh, well, he, you know, he was just double team as soon as Bosa gets back. No, your production as a player, as a pass rusher has to be on you. It can't just be on who you have on the other side. Right. Sometimes you don't have anybody on the other side. Right. When you look at a Reggie White, when you look at a Lawrence Taylor, who was on the other side of those guys? We don't know. Nobody yeah. knows. You can't name it. Right. They just went out there and balled. It didn't matter who was on the other side. So when you have right. a guy who is generational, uh, a generational talent, right, perceived as, as such, you got to go out there and you got to play doesn't matter who's on the other side. You got to uh, affect the game, right? And your 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 salary has to line up with your production. $27 million cap hit is a Nick Bosa type of, of cap hit. That That's yeah. what I – and, again, even with Nick Bosa, who's on the other side of Nick Bosa? Nobody can name him. I know it's yeah. Charles yeah. Charles uh, uh, Animanu or whatever, number 94. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows who he is. He's not a household name. We just know with Nick Bosa, when we watch Nick Bosa play, it's Nick Bosa. He goes out yep. there and he gets it. It doesn't matter who's on the other end of him. So people kind of have to stop making these excuses. You got to be able to justify your salary, and you can't just yep. be a big-name person. We know Khalil Mack is a big name, but I want to see him justify that money. And if he Great. can't go out there and get 15 to 16 sacks, then what is he doing, right? What? What? Why are we paying him all this money? We're, we're just paying – it's just a legacy pay, right? It's kind of the, yeah. the Russell Westbrook type of argument, right? Oh, he's right. good. He's good. He's good. Well – we want to see something, right? Yeah. What have you done for me lately type of thing. And it's a business and it's about production as well. Yeah. 100%. You well, said it perfectly. 100 and the big thing too is that Khalil Mack, oh, and he got eight sacks, I think, last year. And then I think he had three sacks in the first game versus the Raiders. So think, yeah. yep. right. so yeah. think about that. So he had five sacks for the 16 more games. It, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't add up at that point. That's that's even not to, not not good production. Yeah, no, not at all. And so even to throw that out there with a comparison player who had a very comparable year, who was an ex Charger who we let go, Uchenna Nuosu, had a very yeah. very similar year. Yep, and he signed for half. Well, dude, I think it was a twenty million two year contract. Yeah, 
Yeah. And he played the same level as Matt. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's the whole thing about this is that there's a money, there's money situation with this. And there is a lacking of salary cap right now for the Chargers. I, I mean, we're talking like it's a done deal, but it's the rumors are out there. I mean, I'm hearing Raider fans saying, hey, we might be able to get Khalil Mack back. Bring him with Max Crosby. Max Crosby's a dog, by the way, and I hate the Raiders. You know, yeah. family trust <laughs> Raiders. But he's a dog. He's yeah. a, he a dog. dog. He a dog. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he, he gets he after the quarterback and has a high motor. And, man, who knows if that's going to happen. I don't know. The Raider fans seem like they hate Khalil Mack just because he left. Well, but. I mean, oh, well, shoot, my mic. Hello. Your mic just got lit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they got pills for that, Kyle. They got uh, pills oh, that. oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you know a thing or two about that, old man. <laughs> shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's awesome. I had to say it. I had to say it. I had to say it. Uh, that was too good. That was too easy. Yeah, you know, that was too easy. I left it open. <laughs> well, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say it. The funny thing is, is that like you know, uh, all the Raiders fans were hating on Mac because like, oh, he's terrible now. Like blah blah blah. He, he's you know, so and so after he left the Chicago, went to the 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 Chargers. But now after the fact that there's rumors that he is possibly going to go back to the Raiders. They're all, all for it now. They're all on board now. Like, they're just like, man, I, do, do Raiders fans even know what football is about, man? I mean, like, geez, they no. just they, – they just... <laughs> Yeah. They well, already have an overpaid guy in Chandler Jones. They don't need another one on their team. I don't no, – that's, that's true. not going to happen. Yeah. That's true. No doubt. No Big doubt. Time. No doubt. But I'm excited about this offseason. I'm excited about the draft and everything, guys. I, I don't know. I know we're going kind of a little long on this too, but – Maybe we just do the last little, uh, your last little comment uh, about what's going on with this week and such too. So, uh, Andrew, you want to start it up? Yeah, yeah. I, I would just say this, guys. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm. I like Brandon Staley as a head coach. Again, I still, to your point, uh, Derek. I think you know Brandon Staley's done a good job being a head coach, but he still has a lot to prove on the defensive side of the ball. I think, I think he's, he needs to be more flexible. He needs to figure some things out. I'm so excited about Kellen Moore and where this offense is going because yeah. I think that man is a genius. Um, again, as fans, I'm going to say this right now. I do not think he's going to be here long. He'll probably be here one year. If we're lucky, too, I, I would be shocked if he's even here two years. But my point is I think I think we're trending positive, as, as Brandon Staley likes to say. Um, we just got to clean some things up, right? And Brandon Staley stuck with his guys a long time, far too long. He should have fired Lombardi a while ago. Should have happened at the, the bye week. He didn't do it. He stuck with him. Didn't work out. We all know what happened. But I'm excited. I think we're trending positive. We just need to fill in the gaps. We just need a couple guys to fix the line, open some more gaps for our running backs. Same thing, wide receivers, all the above. I just, I just, we're missing just a few pieces. Of course, we say that every year as Charger fans. You know, it's kind of frustrating. But, but I, I think this year is very similar. Dude, we got a stud quarterback, and we're lucky to have that. Like, there's a lot of teams that would love to have Justin Herbert, right? And we're lucky to have him. So, that's yep. my thoughts. Kyle, you want to take the last, uh, your last thoughts? I'll take, the, I'll take the third slot, and then we'll end it with our, our guest. All right. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I, I I agree with Andrew. Like we're we are definitely trending positive as a team for sure, and like we we have built the team. Like last year, we built the team that Staley wants. Now he built the coaching staff that Staley wants. Yep. So what's going to happen here is is like okay, we you know if if all fails this time, 
then Staley unfortunately has nowhere to, to hide anymore. So it's it's going to be all in his his hands in his head right now um, at this point. So um, we got to make something happen, or else we probably might see uh, Staley go this year for sure. Um, but then when you know, I'm hoping that they're going to find someone good for this combine. Um, obviously, we there's a lot of crazy picks out there. There's a lot of people that you know, a lot of people were, were talking about early on. Um, but now the the landscape is going to change because of this draft, uh, this this combine, and uh, you know, come come free agency. Actually, it's funny. I, I got a, a calendar recently, and it just uh, said that um, you know, free agency day is actually new league day, and it's it's uh-huh. called that because literally everyone's getting moved around and shuffled around. It's a whole new league at that point. So it's a point. Yeah, yeah. So what we're gonna see. Um, a lot of things happen in this offseason because obviously we got to get under the cap. We're going to have to draft some people. We already got a whole new, uh, basically, Chargers mentality going on here. Um, and so when it comes to the uh, this this combine, yeah, man, actually, I was going to say this, though, too. Uh, but, you know, when I did the charity event yesterday, Josh Palmer was there. Um, and I did kind of talk to him briefly about the combine. Uh, about like how you know who he thinks um, should be picked up, or w- if he has any ideas about that. He's and he said honestly, I didn't even realize the combine was going on. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so players don't care. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the players they're already in, so they don't need to look back at, at all that stuff. But uh, and so, um, but he said you know basically the same thing that we say: whoever can actually start um, day one is who we need. And that's and that's exactly uh, in there in order to start winning. So, um, and that's kind of like my my last thoughts on it. Like, I mean, obviously we we all have our picks and our bias, but uh, I think um, you know we're gonna have to leave it up to the people that we actually don't trust. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was gonna say for Josh Palmer, man, um, he probably wouldn't mind having another Tennessee guy like Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. there too. You know, adding that you know camaraderie you know, same school kind of thing. But my, my last thoughts is, is that I think a lot of people get really, really angry about talking about players on our team and letting them go cut trades, whatever it might be. Guys, people have short careers. NFL stands for not for long, by the way. And people get shifted around all the time. And you know, it's part of the game. It's part of the business. And we, we're not married. I mean, we're married to these players in a sense, but then there's a divorce at some times. And uh, we just got to think that, hey, this talk about Khalil Mack, this talk about Keenan Allen, this talk about, you know, I mean, Joey Bosa, whoever might be that gets traded off or whatnot. People get pushed around and, and shoved around the league all the time. So I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. This next week's going to have a little action for us. And yep. and I'm looking forward to being able to see what's really going to happen. Um, you know, I think it was uh, original one put in the comments talking about, hey, man, we could trade off Khalil Mack for a second round pick. Hey, <laughs> I would love that. If we had a one year rental with Khalil Mack, traded off a second round pick essentially to get him to get a second round pick again this year. That'd be so you sick. You understand what that changes in the draft plans for us now, guys. That'd be we so can get sick. three high quality players in the first two rounds that would be awesome so either which way i'm excited about what's going to happen for this next week ahead but uh pass the mic over to you pigskin addicts Derek. well yeah uh just to piggyback off your point that was that was a really good point uh we are not we're not married to these players right this is a business at the end of the day um 
And I think a lot of fans have adopted the Tom Telesco thing, right? Stay too long. Stay on guys too long, right? Why was Jerry Tillery even on this roster this past season, right? Stay too long. Like, and I think that's one of the things that just happens sometimes in the NFL. Guys have to move on, right? GMs, you have to move on. Some You're not going to hit on every player, and it's fine. 100%. The only thing that exacerbates that is keeping a guy that you know they can't play for so long, right? And at that point, and I talk about it on my channel all the time, you're at a point where you're hoping and wishing. We don't want to be yep. hoping and wishing. We need nope. to get to a place where we know, we know you, you know you're going to get this production from this player, right? Even if it's not a star, right? You know a guy is good on special teams, right? You want to know. You want to be in the know. You don't want to hope. You don't want to wish. That's where we are for Khalil Mack. A lot of people are hoping and wishing, but we have two years of data that says that he's not the same player, right? He had a decent year last year. It wasn't a Khalil Mack type of year. And then uh, the following year before that, right, he was injured pretty much all season. So it's been two years that he hasn't been the same player. And normally when you get older, you don't get healthier, right? It's just not a thing. And that's just, you know, for life as well, too. The older you get, the more problems you have physically. So it's nothing wrong with it, but you have to be able to cut your losses at some point. And that's what the Chargers don't really do. And I'm hoping I'm I'm just in I'm I'm in a point point where I'm hoping and wishing, but I I hope that this is a a start to and whether or not it's Staley, whether or not it's Tom Telesco, I hope the Chargers get into more of a business type of mindset. Uh, I think a L.A. team should have a business type of mindset. You look at the Rams, right? Even though they're struggling now, they went all in for that Super Bowl, right? And that's what you do in business. You have to be able to go all in to achieve your goals, right? You can't really be married to people. You got to be able to move off people. They drafted Jared Goff. They traded him right away, right? You got to be able to move off of people. And this is what it should be. This is a L.A. team. You have to act like you're an L.A. team. Be able to make those big business decisions and be able to operate kind of as a big business, Let's get better. If you're not a guy that is going to, you know, benefit benefit us in the long run, we're going to trade you a year uh, early than uh, rather a year too late. And that's what the Chargers have been doing for so long. And I, I am I'm at a point now where like this current iteration, Duran James, jo- uh, Joey Bosa, like the the kind of the core guys that have been around since the last playoff win in, in 2018. Uh, if they don't get anything done this year, then I want to see significant change. How yeah, long How long do we have to see? How long do we have to keep wishing? How long do we have to keep talking about injuries, right? I want to see significant change. When you look at the Chiefs, the Chiefs are the gold standard. They have no issue moving off of guys. They have no yeah, issue. Yeah. They have absolutely no issue moving off of guys. And the way that they are currently constructed, too, that should be something that the Chargers really go go in after. When you look at their defense, when you look at their their salary cap on defense, who do they pay? They pay Chris Jones. Chris Jones is he was the best defensive tackle in the year. All uh, I mean in the uh, the NFL, yeah, incredible. So that's the guy you want to pay. They pay Frank Clark. Uh, they don't pay him a, 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 a big amount of money, but they do pay him. And when you look at it, Frank Clark is number three all time in playoff sacks. He needs like yep. two and a half more sacks to be number one all time. That's a guy you want to pay, obviously, right? He's proven himself in the playoffs, and they pay Justin Reed the safety. So they pay those three guys on defense, right? And their defense is completely complementary to what Patrick Mahomes and the offense does. They're okay with it, right? Andy Reed is okay with it. Uh, uh, Coach Spags is okay with it. They're completely complementary to what that superstar quarterback does. But when you look at the, the, the fabric, the makeup of that team, it is number 15, right? It's number 15. Yep. You got to build around him. And I think this is what the Chargers have to do. You, you shouldn't be building around anybody on defense. It should be number 10. You got to build yep. around him. Make sure you build around him. If you do nothing else, build around him. Because if 
the Chargers had a top five, top three offense, they can still make the playoffs with the, this defense being as bad. If oh, yeah. there's nothing else happens on defense, no upgrades, they don't get better at all. You can make the playoffs and you can win a playoff game with a great, great offense and a, a shoddy defense because that's pretty much what Kansas City's defense is. They're shoddy, yeah. right? Yeah. They stops in certain areas. Frank Clark, a big sack here. Chris Jones, a big sack here. They make plays when they need to, but they are not the 2000 Ravens, right? They're not a team yeah. that's going to suffocate you. They are complimentary to what the offense does and i think that's what the chargers have to do there's no there, there, there's no shame in, in in copying another team right you want to be a copycat sport this is how you do it this is how you do it. You see the nba the warriors took off right what did everybody start doing shooting threes now now that's the way to win yeah. in the nba so they have really set a blueprint and you're not going to buck the trend just because you think you know uh you know we have this guy you know we're we're great on defense here we're great no you're not going to buck the trend this is what it is this is what the modern nfl have to step into the modern nfl got to build around number 10 he has to have the weaponry around him that's just the only way that the chargers are going to be able to do this right you can't go into this with the philip rivers mindset we've seen what happened with philip rivers it never worked yeah. out he did not yep. have enough exactly. he didn't have enough weapons defenses were okay some years but you have to stockpile that's just what it is you have to stockpile if you want to win and i'm 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 hoping that the 2023 season i'm, I'm hoping that it gives us some clarity on what's going to happen right whether it's brandon staley going forward whether it's not him whether it's somebody else i hope that it gives us clarity going forward and i hope the chargers i hope that they realize they need to build around justin herbert now these guys don't come around justin herbert's don't come around like this right you're lucky to have this guy here you're lucky to have your second consecutive uh, uh franchise quarterback right you're lucky you're we're in a position where we're lucky yeah. we didn't have any gaps in that right we, we didn't we didn't yep. do the the miami dolphin thing and search and search and search we got two consecutive Never. starting quarterbacks franchise quarterbacks let's yeah. build around him let's learn from our mistakes that we had you know when, when philip was here but let's build around him let's stockpile and let's put the game in his hands right he's shown that he can get us there. So let's trust him 100%. Let's trust him completely. Let's kind of shift from the, the defensive mindset to the offensive mindset and, uh, you know, let, let, let everything fall, right? Let, let the chips fall where, where, where they may. So um, I'm I'm just looking for them to have some clarity this year in 2023. You know, like a, with Staley, without Staley, but whatever. But I, I just want to see what the, the future is going to look like uh, going forward from there. Well, Absolutely well said, my friend. I mean, it's it's – it's. I mean, I could dig into that a lot more. I mean, you 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 unloaded a lot in there, and I could have yeah. dug into a lot of that. By the way, man, and by the way, man, if you need us on your pod or anything as a guest or anything, we'd love to be able to be on your pod, man. And we're yes. we're so stoked that you were able to be on this. I, this is actually one of my Absolutely. favorite pods so far that we've done, and uh, you've been really really enjoyable as a guest. So anytime you want to jump on, man, we love to hear from you. We love your critical opinion on things too, man. I yeah. mean. I could have jumped on a lot of different subjects on what you just talked about right now, but uh, we're getting about an yeah. hour and a half into this one, my friend. But I know. Yeah. Um, well, okay, wait, we we can have a take a technical break and then uh, we can come back again and just do another one right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. Hey, yeah. Aether, by the way, man, you know, glad to have you back, man. I hope you're doing well, man. Hope your health is going fine too, and everything based upon what you sent over to me. So I hope you're doing well, my man. I, he's got one question here too. I was just going to say one point. I know we're trying to catch it end the show and everything. But one thing I want to say, Derek, is that, you know, we are married to players sometimes. And Philip Rivers is one of those guys. Obviously, he's a very, very good player. We really screwed up his career, in my opinion. We really didn't get him to where he needed to be. We did get to an AFC championship game with him. 
but we never really got over the hump with him. It just was kind of a downhill trajectory from that point. Going back to the 2017 draft, I mean, we went with Mike Williams on that draft. That was the same draft he could have gone for Mahomes. I remember Andy Reid specifically saying, man, I swear the Chargers were going to get Patrick Mahomes, and we did not. What has Patrick Mahomes done? You know, two Super Bowls. Smoking everybody. Three Super Bowl in total. Been to basically won the AFC West since he's been a starter. Five years in a row, he's gotten to the AFC Championship game. I mean, he could become, sadly to say it, one of the greatest of all time. And he might have already been at that level at this point in his career. I mean, it's phenomenal what he's done. And, by the way, we did pass on trying to hire Andy Reid. We went with Mike McCoy instead. So, I mean, once again, there's so many faults within this organization that it's just tough to be able to see. So, man. I could do a whole video on that, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should next week. Maybe we should. Yeah. Oh, gosh, man. So, uh, Aether got one quick question here. I think he said either that or it was a question or a comment. I get the I like, point about I like, Herbert. I like this. I like this comment, though, from Optimus Rhyme, though. And, but that's, and this is the truth. Though. And that's like, true. Yeah. That's yeah. completely true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the system creates a quarterback, too. Yeah, I mean, if you got a bad man. O-line, you got a bad defense, you don't really got any players around him. But then again, some quarterbacks can make a system look better too than yeah. it really is. So yeah. it could go two ways. It could go two ways. I mean, Andy Reid to me is one of the best offensive callers in the game right now. And I mean, that's straight up. But I'm going to say Kellen Moore might be one of those that's probably even the third best in my opinion oh, in yeah. the league. Oh yeah, So yeah, a good job. we'll see where it goes. Uh, Aether brought up a thing. I get the point about Herbert, but Mahomes lost. Uh, Hill and won the Super Bowl still. Bingo, dude. Lot, lost yeah. talent. How many times did we talk about the Chiefs are going to have a down, uh, 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 what is it, uh, yeah. a restarting of their uh, organization? Uh, it's going to be a clean slate for them. They ain't going to they ain't going to win the AFC West. What they do, they dominated the AFC West yep. still yep. and won a Super Bowl. Yep, straight yep. up. So yep. it's tough. It's tough, guys. But man, I know we went a little bit over. I. I appreciate it once again, Derek, for being on this pod, Absolutely. dude. It Thank was you. awesome to have you on here. We love hearing your opinion. We watch your your pod all the time, man. Keep the good work up, everything, too. And uh, we appreciate you being here, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me so much. Um, looking forward to having you guys on my on, on my show here, uh, coming up here pretty soon. Just have to uh, get a date, uh, you know, get some, yeah, uh, some scheduling sure. in. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. This is fun. Um, yeah. Can't wait to have you guys. We can we can we can really jump into to to some of the uh, the details here. You know what's you know once some of the dust settles as far as free agency and stuff goes. Yeah, yep. uh, We'll have a lot to talk about. So yeah, definitely, definitely. agree. Definitely, hundred percent. Yep. So, so who's gonna hit the button this time, guys? <laughs> that's, that's always the argument, right? We know we know. Yeah, really it's always the argument. Can't hit the button twice. I'll press it. I'll press it. I got you. I got okay, it. Right, time. I'll, I'll right. take my hands off the button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, guys. Let's get it. Bull Bros. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go.